Amen. Aren't you thankful there is none like our God? Praise the Lord. Well, here we are. <clears throat> A lot of prayers going into uh, me speaking today in Sunday school and Brother Philip, so y'all really must be worried. Oh, don't worry, I am too. No, I'm, I'm thankful to be here, and I count it a privilege to stand before you. Uh, I told somebody in the hallway, I said, well, I can't rely on my, uh, my Bible school or my Bible college. Didn't go to seminary. Uh, my, my vocation, I'm a contractor, so that doesn't require me to be a public speaker. So... Uh, I guess I'm going to have to depend on the Lord. I'm going to have to depend on the Holy Spirit to just use me as a vessel, speak through me this morning. So you don't have any expectations this morning. They're, the bar set real low when you think about my, you know, I was wondering when Brother Andy texted me and asked me what I preach. It was by a text message, and I was like, uh, is he serious? So I kind of asked him that, and he's like, well, I have somebody else in mind. I said, sure, I'll, I'll preach. So, uh, you know, you can read in the text different things. So, you know, I was like, well, and started thinking, what, what, Lord, what would you have? Would you really have me to, to speak? And I haven't really preached. You know, I, I preached back years ago when I was in my 20s. I was told Seth, I said, I preached a couple of times back when I was about your age and had a milk mustache, you know, I was just real young in the word and, and uh but anyway, so being being where I am now, I just kind of felt led to well, I'll just kind of share my my experience, share my testimonies, talk about how that I've come from then till now. I'm not ashamed to say I'm fifty two years old, so I've I've been on a journey and here I am and we're gonna we're going to get into the Word. We're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, I guess this week, uh, Seth texted me and said, what's your title? They need to put it in the bulletin. And I'm like, you know, you're supposed to title these things? I don't know. Well, I've been thinking for a, a while now, and I guess knowing, how about knowing is growing? Growing is knowing. And so that's kind of what we're going to, we're going to talk about, and I'll begin to you know, like I said, prepare. He gave me too long of a warning, I think, because I've just got thoughts all over the place. And if you know me, I'm like, squirrel. I mean, I can squirrel. You know, I get distracted real easy and I can chase. So you're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit as well. I was telling Philip this morning, I said, you know, if I, I, could, I could package this thing just, you know, where it's just powerful and really be anointed and, and, and preach the word of God, but if the spirit in you does not receive the word of God, if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't enlighten you to the truth of the scripture, and, uh, you know, to take the, the scriptures in context and, and really the truths of the word be applied to your heart and you take, partake of that, it's all in vain anyway. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Jeremiah 9. 23 and 24. And like I said, we're going to be talking about uh, gr growing, knowing is growing, 
And how many of you know what our church motto is or our church sign or what Brother Andy's put on our signs that are waving in the wind? We pass them, I pass them numerous times a day. And if you look on that flag, that I think there's one on this end, one on this end of the, the county road here. It says, go deeper. He's been encouraging us, go deeper. So we're talking about growing, knowing Knowing is growing. That was my title. Well, just that, that sounds good. So think on that this morning as we read the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. But let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, God. How awesome is it to read the written word of God that's penned, Lord, for our benefit, God. Thank you that we are here today and we can freely open your word. And God, like we said earlier, God, I come and stand before you and kind of like the Apostle Paul said, Lord, in fear and trembling, knowing nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified, Lord. God, and I, I ask that my speech wouldn't be with man's wisdoms, but God, that the Holy Spirit would, would speak through me and that the Holy Spirit would be in each one of us to receive your word. And God, that we would receive it, we would partake of it, that it would become us and you would be glorified, and we would be less, and you would be more in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Spiritual growth, knowing is growing. We read that scripture. Uh, don't let the rich man boast in his wisdom, don't, or his wealth. Don't let the, the wise man boast in his wisdom. Don't let the mighty man boast in his might. But boast in this, that you know the Lord. And uh, sometimes I wonder, do we really know the Lord? John chapter 17 and verse 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. Now, this is where Jesus was praying the high priestly prayer. Uh, you know, this was, this was where Jesus was, say, was praying, and he was saying, Father, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And that word there, know is in the Greek, gnosko, which means know absolutely. You know, it's one thing to know something, but it's another thing to know something. And so uh, when we think about that this morning, uh, a lot of times, th think of uh, the whole time we're talking this morning, think about growing, going deeper, knowing the Lord. To, to know is to grow. I know Dwayne Stovall. I know of Dwayne Stovall. I know. But Kathy knows Dwayne Stovall. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference in knowing and knowing. So sometimes when what I found out trying to grow and go deeper, uh, our pastor is, is, you know, encouraging us all to go deeper and, and one simple thing that I do is a lot of times we think we know the definition and the meaning of words, but do we know the, the meaning of the word or do we just know what we've been taught? Do we know what we've been told that word means? 
So let's, let's just Google it. We all have these idols that we put on top of the word. We grab in the morning. That's another sermon, but let's Google the definition of no. Well, Google's definition, number one, be aware of through inquiry or information. That's the definition for no. But if we dig a little deeper, remember Brother Andy's asked us to dig a little deeper. What do you have to do to go deeper? takes a little effort. Look at number two. We're going deep. Definition of knowing. Number two, have developed a relationship with someone through meeting and spending time with. Now, do you, you kind of like me? Do you kind of start to see, wow, do I know? And then when we read the scripture again in John 17 and 3, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Do we truly know God? Absolutely. We can read that scripture. Another thing I do to try to, sometimes just to try to go deeper, is, is read scriptures backward, forward. I mean, Moses early on told us, the Lord told him to tell the people that you, you take the word of God, talk about it, bind it to your heart, bind it to your forehead. Speak, speak of the word, the commandments, when you get up, when you lie down in the morning. You lie down in the evening or whatever. So I read it backwards and forwards. So if we read that scripture backwards, Jesus Christ was sent, God, the only true God, so that we could know him. So Jesus Christ came <clears throat> to, to embody in the flesh so that we could know God and who he is. You know, we're doing the Bible study, Behold Your God, and we're, we're learning that there's a difference in knowing who God is, God's attributes. Uh, there's a difference in knowing the biblical God. You know, we, it's hard to get, you know, to explain, but we can know God and, and learn and read God for our own benefit. <clears throat> but to know the biblical attributes of God, and it's, it's amazing to go through this study. And really, it's just digging deeper. Uh, you know, we can't blame the, if we're, if we're not growing, remember we're talking about knowing and growing. If we're not growing spiritually, uh, we can't blame the preacher. You know, back in the day, there used to be a song called, Don't Be Doing the Church Hop. <clears throat> you know, how people come in and they got mad at this church and they're just not growing. They, they sing the wrong song. We can't blame the, the songs that we're singing. They don't do enough hymns. This guy should sing more of the, my style of music, you know. You see how we put emphasis on self, or we we can't blame uh, we can't blame that. It's our it's our our problem if we're not growing, if we're not going deeper, if we're not putting forth the effort to absolutely know who Christ is, know God, the only true God. Our our pastors have been encouraging us from day one to to read the Word. How do we know God? Well, this is His written Word as we. We talked about a while ago. He, and, and I think we pick this up and don't even think of that sometimes. Man, this is the almighty, king of king, the I am. He is, he is here and we're here. He's, you know, I don't, we can't even have words to describe that. And these are his very words that he's written. And we should be eating these words, partaking of these words daily. Every pastor Brother Andy, remember a while back, no Bible, no, amen, no Bible, no breakfast. 
uh, Nick Van, he, he, he encourages us to read the word daily. Read a proverb a day. Start today's the 18th. Read Proverbs chapter 18. Back when I was a younger guy, uh, we had those yearly Bibles. And it was a Bible that had certain passages for each day of the year. And it encouraged you to read the Bible through in a year. So, uh, you know, we can't blame. We have no one to blame but ourselves. So we have, to, we have to spend time in the Word. And Jesus, Jesus was sent so that we could know God. And if you picture in your mind the Word equals flesh equals Christ. Now talk about bread. You know, our Sunday school lesson this morning was on the Lord's Supper. And, and a lot of the things that was said, I told some of the guys in our class, I said, man, you guys have been reading my notes. Of, you know, they were giving me a hard time about preaching anyway. But I, I said, you guys have been reading in my notes as we were talking about the Lord's Supper. So think, think of on that. Knowing, growing, we're going deeper. <clears throat> the Word became flesh. If we read in John chapter 1, in the beginning was what? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. How important is the Word? The Word was in the beginning. We go on down to verse 14. It said, The Word became flesh, dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we know that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was made flesh. And you start digging deeper. You start turning off some of the, the out, outward things that distract you. I was telling my wife this past week, I said, man, I, I'm seeing everything in life as just distractions. Just, you know, we, we really could focus more on God, getting to know God, and, and seeking his word if we didn't have so many distractions. You know, from our job to our whatever we... That's, that's why the, when you get into the Word and we dig deeper, Christ tells us that He has to be first. We put Him first. But it's so important, you know, talking about, about the Word and, and I was telling you that kind of my experience of growing, hopefully I, I have grown to a man, uh, you know, that from a child to a man, from, from milk, to meet, so to speak, in the Word. Uh, I got a grandson, Josiah, there. He, right now, he's, he's kind of eating meat, I mean uh, milk. If we were to give him a steak right now, there uh, wouldn't be much he could do with that. If we just left him alone and we threw him a steak, there you go, buddy, there's food. You'll be, But he's on the, the milk right now. He's on milk. And it, it's kind of that way when you think about us growing up, you know, there's there's... Desire, the scripture says, desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. And so in my life, I can't blame things in the past like I wasn't growing. It's all part of the process of getting, you know, so we don't want to look down on, well, they're just so immature. But if we're grow, if you are alive, if you're, if something is living, it's growing. If you see a plant and it's not growing, that plant is dead. It may, it may, from the surface, from the ground up, you see fruit on the tree, leaves, may look like it's, it's uh, alive, but underneath, at the roots, you know, if it's dead, it's dead, it's not growing. So we, we have to always be growing. And 
Brother Philip read, you know, he reads the scripture. We, we, how do we grow? We, we know Jesus. Knowing Jesus is growing. We read the scriptures. That's why we come into the house of the Lord, the house of prayer. We read the word every week. We have a scripture reading. And just a few weeks ago, uh, Philip read these, this very passage in John chapter 6. So if you want to turn there, John chapter 6, beginning in verse 26. This was right when Jesus, right after the, Jesus had fed the multitude with the loaves, and they were seeking Jesus. John 6 and 26, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you're full of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father hath set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he, whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses that gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. If you skip on down to verse uh, 48. Jesus said again, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is a bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us your flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on, the flesh, on, on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so... Whoever feeds on me, he also will be because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on the bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So we see here now, is it starting to kind of come clear? Now, I know I'm slow. So for me, when I start reading this and rereading it and digging a little deeper and I see, wow, I mean, they're talking about the manna. You know, the children of Israel in the wilderness, the manna appears on the ground. You know, we, we go through church and we hear the stories and we, we uh, go through our distractions of life and we, we don't even relate things of the scripture it's just a story in the old testament god supplied manna but what god was showing them was the true breads coming down from heaven and you know jesus christ came now jesus is telling them here i am i'm here 
I'm the bread of life. I am, you know, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can't have no part in the kingdom of heaven. This was a hard saying. They're like, I don't understand this. You know, we all understand about eating. Can I get an amen to that? Eating is living, right? I mean, we know we have to eat to live. I mean, we talked about that in Sunday school this morning. Don, didn't we? How, how, how that just, how it all applies that we, we must eat to live. And we talked about, I talked about Josiah. If you don't, it's my grandson, if you didn't know. Starting out with milk, growing, knowing is growing. We all know about eating. I mean, we like to eat. I, I, I guess because, you know, growing up in a preacher's home and my, my family, we, all, we always were in church activities and seemed like everything was evolved around food, you know, fellowship. Let's have some fellowship. But when, when we talk about breaking bread, you know, you can go break bread with someone and you get to know someone a, little, a, a whole lot better. You know, it's kind of a, I guess, kind of a, an example there. But we know about eating, and we make sure we are fed, you know. And uh, I know my wife and I, we, our lives together, we've been married 30 years. Get that right, 30-plus years. And in that time, we've, we've went through the cycles of, uh, let's start eating healthy. You know, we're, we're going to eat healthy now. We're, we realize that we are what we eat, right? I mean, when I, when I was young, I heard a guy said, man, if you eat a lot of fat, greasy food, you'll be a fat, greasy dude. <laughs> I've, I've seen that come to pass, you know. But we know about eating and bread, this physical body. Uh, we, Carol and I started studying uh, what foods to eat, you know. We heard this teaching on eating biblical foods, the foods that God deemed in the Old Testament and the Torah as proper food to eat. So we found YouTube this guy and searched some of his, you know, teachings, and he taught about food, how that really we're supposed to be eating natural things that break down on their own, you know, fruits and nuts and vegetables and those kind of things that we all love, right? And uh, he, he even, I mean, he's, he made it sound so simple. You're supposed to be eating foods for the parts of your body. I mean, even the food shaped, the way it's shaped is what the food's good for. Like, say your brain, you want to be eating brain food? Look at a walnut. It's shaped like a walnut. Eat walnuts. If you take a carrot and you break it open and you look at the center of the carrot, it looks like the iris of the eyes. Carrots are good for your eyes. Eat carrots you know, for your eyesight. Uh, he said, you take an avocado and you cut it in half, turn it to the side. It looks like a pregnant woman. That's why everybody knows pregnant women should eat a lot of avocados. It's good for you and healthy. You know, and he said, look at a Twinkie. What's a Twinkie shaped like? A coffin. It'll put you in the coffin. <laughs> so we studied, you know, we studied eating and we, we went on that kick and it lasted for a pretty good while. But we... We all know that it's true. We eat good things, we, we get results, you know. So when we apply these things, when we, we get off the natural and, and we start thinking about spiritual, do we even eat spiritually? You know, do, do, we, even, do we even eat? There, now, when we're talking about eating, 
there's four stages of digestion. Okay, there's ingestion, number one. There's mechanical, chemical breakdown, number two. There's nutrient absorption, number three. And number four, there's elimination of indigestible foods. Now, I'm not a, whatever you call a food scientist or a health person, but I want to talk a little bit about just the natural food. Number one, ingestion. You have to ingest the food, right, to get, to get a any benefits from it. If, if, if my wife prepares a beautiful meal and sets it out on the table and I'm sitting there looking at it, man, that's great. That's wonderful. Cook it, sister. Amen. Look at that. You know, and I don't take that food and start to ingest it, put it within me and eat it. It's not going to do any good. You see how simple this is? I mean, you know, you're, when we start to partake of the food and we put it in our mouth and we start to chew it up and our, our teeth are mechanically starting to break down food, we start to start, starts the chemical breakdown, the nutrient absorption and all the things. And we won't talk much about the last one, elimination of indigestible foods. But, you know, spiritually, there's probably a lot of indigestible foods that need to be eliminated. There's people preaching the word that's, out of context, you know, you can pick something out of the Word and start a, start a church, and it'd be totally out of context. That's why, as I said earlier, it's so important to have the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you into all truth. And uh, we'll see that as we go along. Uh, you know, we, and, and Danny almost, like I said, preached a sermon in Sunday school this morning, but talking about Jesus we, we're talking about, if you go to Matthew chapter 4, let's just go there and I'll read these 11 verses real quick. Matthew chapter 4, we all know what this is. This is the temptation of Jesus. And as you're turning there, I'll tell you Luke's account is, you know, Luke has the account of this passage and he, he has a little different take. On the way it starts, he says that Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, was led into the wilderness. We're going to read Matthew 4, 1 through 11. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after 40 days, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. So we see here... What was the first temptation? What did it have to do with? Just like you said this morning, Danny, food. So Satan came and he said, command these stones to be bread. Verse 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took, then the devil took him to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to a test. And again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. 
Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So as we said earlier, it started out with food and hunger. Then Jesus told him, man's not going to, it's written, the written word of God. It's written, man should not live by bread alone. So then Satan, well, uh, I guess I'll throw some word to him. So he took him up to the top of the temple and said, throw yourself down, for it is written that you won't, you won't, the angels will bear thee up lest you strike your foot against a stone. He was quoting Psalm 91, which is true. So, like I was saying earlier, Luke's account, and, and also in the Matthew there, it said he was led up, up by the Spirit. How important is it for the Holy Spirit to, to teach us the truth? How scary this should be when we think about it, when we go a little dip, deeper and we realize that you mean if we read the Word and we listen to people reading the Word, it, it could be temptations. I mean, should make us want to realize that we're dependent upon the Holy Spirit. As I was telling you this morning, I'm depending on the Holy Spirit to speak through us. You should depend on the Holy Spirit to, to take those words that the Lord has for us this morning. So that, that's a very important thing, is, is relying on the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus promised us. Isn't it, isn't it so awesome that Jesus promised that if... if if we would seek the Holy Spirit that he would give us. We, we, have to rec- we have to be drawn of the Spirit. We have to be drawn of the Spirit to accept Christ. So the Holy Spirit is what, what teaches us and guides us. Uh, Luke 11 and 13 says, If ye then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Luke 11 and 3 is where Jesus is teaching the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And he says, give us this day our daily bread. So it's very important that we have a helper. And, and the, the, the Holy Spirit there, John 14 and 26 says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit is our helper and our guide and our teacher. You know, like we, I prayed earlier before we started, Paul said, I didn't come to you with words of wisdom and man. You know, it's good to study and prepare, and it's good to, to study church history and read other writings, but nothing is going to substitute the Holy Spirit within you, guiding you into all truth and leading you and guiding you. And that, that word there, the Spirit, is the, the Greek word pneuma, pneuma kind of where we get the word pneumonia, means like a current of air. So you remember on the day of Pentecost, they were in the upper room, a rushing mighty wind came, and uh, also through the Bible, when someone would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, sometimes they would breathe on them, but it's, it's a God-divine breathe, you know, the Holy Spirit. Now, their spirits also... That that same word, it, it, it can mean either superhuman, which could be demonic. You know, there's, there's some people that's under the influence of the Spirit, but it's not the same Spirit. You understand? So we have to rely on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost that comes from the Lord to, uh, to be our divine inspiration and to lead us into all truths. And uh, I... 
like I said, just, just trying to explain to you my journey from, say, milk to meat or growing. It's been, it's been a just, I don't know, amazing. <clears throat> I was taught all my life to read the scriptures, get in the word, partake, you know, and, I, and, and sometimes I did. I read the word, checked the box. I read, I read my Bible today. I'm a good, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing, but only until recent. And I beg, I, I beg my kids right now, even my grown adult kids, I, I tell them, please don't wait until you're 50 years old to really, to really seek the Lord and, and to get to, it's the, he's the only thing that matters. I mean, how can I get this over to you? You remember Paul saying, when Paul was preaching in Romans 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, he's, I beg you, I urge you. That's, that's how I feel sometimes with my kids or with you this morning. Like, I'm begging you, please don't wait. There, there's nothing greater. I mean, you know, this, this, we talked about it being internal. And it seems like we live on the external more than we do uh, the internal. I mean, the, the Spirit of God is within us. All throughout the Bible, he says the kingdom of God is within you, Christ abiding in you. So it's internal. And we have these distractions. And, it, you know, I, I get amazed sometimes going at a funeral and the way a funeral goes. And then I, when I get going deeper and I read the scriptures, I'm like, man, it just don't line up with the way. Don't it say that we rejoice when, when someone dies? I mean, this, and I know we're sad, and we, but, but our whole purpose here is to seek God. He came when you, when you really go deeper and you're growing and you start partaking of the food and ingesting the word of God and chewing and meditating and getting along with God. Man, there's nothing greater. I mean, God starts to the Holy Spirit will start to enlighten you to scriptures and truths. And then you'll come to Sunday school or you go to Bible studies. And those same things will be confirmed and reinforced in your life. You be going, you, we're going through life. We're going to have to go through life. But you'll understand that it's not about the now. It's, you wake up in the morning and it's, good morning, Lord. Instead of good Lord, it's morning already. You know? God will, things will just taste different. Things will look different. You'll act different, but it starts within. Uh, you know, we talked about the Lord's Supper in Sunday school this morning. I, I grew up taking the Lord's Supper every quarter or every, however often we did. And, and I was born again. I truly was born again. And, and no, but it's part of the growing process. Like I said, milk to meat, uh, Child to man. Hopefully I become a man. Hopefully there's men that will stand up and, and tell their kids, implore you to seek the Lord. Bring the word in your home and read it to your kids. You know, we've got a, a new concept here with a family pastor, and Philip's trying to encourage us. Get the word to the kids early on. Uh, it, it just makes all the difference in the world. So, uh, you know... Growing from a child to a man, being really men of God is, is a, a rare thing now. So I encourage you this morning, partake of the Lord, of the Lord uh, get in the word, talking about communion. You know, I used to just take, and I knew this is the cup, the blood of the covenant. 
this is the bread, but, but you go a little deeper and you realize that his body was torn, that he came into this realm, this, this system where we are to redeem us back to him. He came, he was crucified between just, you know, just so happened on Passover that there was three people in prison and the Lamb of God, Jesus, the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world, was uh, put in that prison. There was a person in there named Barabbas, Barabbas, who was a murderer. And uh, the other two historians tell us it was Desmus and Justus. And you know that Jesus was crucified between Desmus, Jesmus, Barabbas was let go. They crucified our Lord. And when you start studying that name, Bar Abbas, Bar is son of Abbas, the father. And you think that Jesus, you start reading in Ephesians, just starts to jump out on you. And like I said, it's hard to get it from here to where you can understand it. But that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And it wouldn't matter if I laid it out as simple as it, as it could be if the Holy Spirit in you if you don't hunger and thirst for it and you don't partake of it and ingest the word, you'd never get it anyway. I, I didn't. That's, what, that's ho- the point of this whole message this morning is I encourage you and implore you. The word comes alive and you realize that Christ was crucified, reconciling the good, the bad that's in us to, to one. He, all throughout the scripture, Barabbas, son of the father, you know, we received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that was me, that was you, who Christ came and tore down the wall, the middle wall of, that divided us and made us one with Christ. And I, I mean, there's nothing greater than walking with the Lord, than growing, and I mean, taste and see the Lord is good. Once you partake of that and you start walking in the Word, you won't even know the Astros was in game seven last night. I don't even know if they won or lost, but you know what? I don't care. I mean, I used to. That there, There's an old man. That, you know, you start reading in the scriptures and you realize we have to put off the old man. We have to put on the new man. We have to put off that old man. And we put on Christ. Just like we put on our clothes. We, there, there's there's a, a requirement on our part to to receive the Holy Spirit. And he... He's laid everything out perfect. Uh, and man, it becomes your desire. It becomes the pearl of great price. There's nothing more than when God drops a nugget into your, into your knowledge of the word of God. And it becomes alive. And you take it. And, you're, and sometimes I get so excited. I'm trying to explain it to somebody. And they just ain't going to get it. Because the Holy Spirit in them, God has to open their eyes. I'm telling people all the time, man, it's like God has picked me up from out of the forest. Picture a vast forest. He's picked me up, placed me in an open field, opened my eyes, and I'm like, look at the trees. And I'm trying to tell people, look at the tree. And they, until God picks them up, places them out of the forest, opens their eyes. I mean, Jesus' ministry, he was open, blinded eyes. You know, we sing the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. You know, Scripture is full of they have eyes but can't see, they have ears but can't hear. 
you know, we're all my life. I, you know, early on, I've been so shallow, and I'm still. Once you start learning and God getting letting you know the Word of God, you realize how much you don't know. If that makes sense, it's kind of like the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. I mean, it's almost like if you were to jump into God's truths and riches and love and mercy, there's no bottom. You're going to continue to go. His depths are immeasurable. Who can measure God? Who, where were, who was there when God created everything? You know, our, our problem is we, we, we get something and God gives us and we stop and think, that's good, I got it. Now I'm going to go preach to you. You're wrong, Brother Philip, you're wrong. You got, look, I'm telling you, you got to be like this. God showed me I'm right, you know. That may be true, but keep going. Keep going deeper because there's no end. You know, I want to go after God. He's the desire of our heart. He's the desire of my heart so much that Ronald Dwayne Walters you know, one day he's going to turn back to dust. He, he's not going to, there's the only thing going to be left is the Christ in me. I'm, the, I'm just like you. I'm human. And, you know, I want to get revenge on people that do me wrong. I, you know, oh, you, you as a preacher's kid, you were sheltered. You got it made. You, were, you grew up in the church. You know all that. I'm, I'm rotten. I am rotten. That, that's the whole thing. Once we admit, you know, Jacob wrestled with God in the land of Peniel. The, it's internal. It's in the mind. Jacob, whose name means supplanter, and I need to stop. It's now told me I'd go on, but Jacob wrestled with God in the land of Peniel, the Peniel gland in the frontal lobe of your brain. That's where everything starts is a thought, you know? Now that I'm not getting on the name it and claim it things, but that's true. We can speak words and we walk in God's word. There's power in that. You start saying you're going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad day. You you realize that, you know, if we get it right here, the first sin had to originate in the mind, you know. So Jacob wrestled with God in the land of Peniel. Jacob's name, he's supplanter, he wrestled. He finally admitted, God asked him, who are you? You think God didn't know who Jacob was? Jacob finally, I'm I'm deceiver, stole my birthright. And God changed his name to what? Israel, Israel. I'm 50-something years old before I realized El is God. I sing Noel, Noel, Emmanuel, Emanu. With us is El, God. Bethel, house of God. I mean, think, you know, when you start digging Samuel, heard of or heard of God. Uh, Joel, Yoel, Yahweh is God. You know, just things, your appetite starts getting, wow, I got to go deeper, man. This is awesome. Oh, I didn't even know that. I don't know nothing. With God's word comes alive, partake of it. I guess that's my, that's my, admonishment to you or my I'm encouraging you just it's it's a wonderful thing to grow and to go deeper because you live in circumstances that happen and you realize it's not about now you know I'm always joking with the kids and you know bad things happen it's no big deal I mean we're gonna have we're gonna have to suffer and you know Christ suffered endured the cross so that we'd be one with him.
And so he knew because of the glory that was set before him endured the cross. Philippians 3 and 10 says, that I, might, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And I have a song that I wanted to be played right now. I think Seth's getting that ready right now. But this is a song, if you're old as I am, you might remember hearing it. Knowing you, Jesus. So if you would stand and stretch. Been sitting for a while. It's not noon yet, but stand and hopefully the lyrics will come up on the song. And go ahead and start it, Seth, when you get it ready. Sing along with it. Read the lyrics. Uh, think about it. Think about Think about the words of this song. The words of the book that was shared with you this morning. All I once held dear Built my life upon All this world and wars to own all I once thought gain I have counted lost spent and worthless now compared to this knowing you
and I love.